HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Emmy Cheese, specialty cheese from Switzerland made with heart and passion. For more information, visit emmyusa.com. This week on Meat and 3, we're getting semantic to understand the deeper meaning behind some of the foods we love. First, we'll look at the big debate happening around the word milk. Who the hell are you to tell me what does the name of my product and my landscape and everything we've cared about when, you know, you don't have anything invested in except to put out a little money to buy it. It's our entire life. Then we get the lowdown on the language of cider. So the first thing that's really confusing about dryness is that it has nothing to do with how something actually feels in your mouth. And finally, we get our fill of tiki talk. You don't walk into a tiki bar like, oh yeah, this is what Polynesia is probably like. Like, it's, it's supposed to be, like, fantasy and stuff. That's the hard part. It's so easy to do Tiki bad, and that's where it gets a bad name. Tune into this week's episode of Meat and 3. That's M-E-A-T plus sign T-H-R-E-E. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues that sound. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Southern Teague, and my co-host and dear friend Damon Bolte is again absentee from the Hi, list. Damon. Yeah, wherever you are. We, we miss you wherever you're at. <laughs> um, but the, the house is packed. I've got a lot of folks in the room, but of course I want to start off with a couple of things I, I like to talk about. Um, first of all, my buddy and colleague Chris Reed uh, was diagnosed 11 months ago with ALS, and it's slowly robbing him of his voice and his motor skills, and soon it's going to rob him of his ability to work behind the bar. My favorite bar, Bar Goto. Uh, ult- ultimately, this thing is going to rob him, uh, rob us, rather, you and I, of this incredible person. Um, please go to GoFundMe uh, and support Chris Reed in his fight against ALS. You can you can Google that and, or search that in the GoFundMe page, Chris Reed in his fight against ALS. Donate what you can to help this guy's uh, uh, pocketbook uh, not get totally depleted by this disease. Uh, next up, bar methods. Applications are live, and uh, you know what? They're nearly full already. Um, uh, Bidmead wanted me to still mention it once more, but uh, the classes focus on the fundamental skill sets needed to be successful behind a cocktail bar. Uh, learning not only how to perform these techniques properly, but also why and when to apply them and what they could contribute to the overall product. Uh, you can elevate your skills and creativity behind the bar. P- apply now. It's barmethods.com. I'm one of the instructors. It's a great time. It's my third year doing it. Um, and it's a, it's a really great deal as well. You get to spend uh, a couple of nights in the Park Avenue, uh, uh, sorry, the Park South Ho- uh, Hotel here in New York City and get a lot of great education. 
Joining me in the room today, sort of my de facto co-host, Greg Benson, who works at the Rochard and has his own podcast called Bar None Podcast. You should check that out. Please do. Uh, yeah. Uh, welcome, Greg. Um, also, we got um, our good buddy, Jonathan. He works over at the Narrows here in New York City. He was a longtime head bartender over at the Hotel Del Mano. Um, we got a couple of uh, guests, uh, fans just hanging out. Jonathan Lutz, uh, home bartender and brewer uh, from uh, Philadelphia, and Ryan Murphy from Grand Rapids, Michigan, and works at a bar called Aperitivo. Welcome to the studio, guys. And then, of course, our uh, guest of the day, uh, Austin Hartman. Um, Austin's been in the New York City uh, bar scene for about nine years. Um, he also worked at the Hotel Del Mano and a bunch of other places all around uh, uh, Brooklyn and, and Bushwick, uh, not to mention Montana's Trailhouse. Uh, and now he's opened his own joint called the Paradise Lounge. Uh, Paradise Lounge is sort of a, I don't know, would you call it a tiki bar? Um, just a rum-focused bar with a lot of delicious island classical cocktails. Hell yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. Not tiki. We kind of put our toe into the pool of tiki, but don't jump in all the way. Well, d even that bump right before the show started uh, was mentioning some tiki stuff and how, you know, it can, uh, the guy on that bump said it could be done, it can so easily be done poorly that that's why it has such a bad rap. Do you think tiki has a bad rap? I don't think it's a bad rap. I think it has, right now it has a very kind of trending rap. It's going up. It's everywhere. It's fun. Um but yeah, when done poorly in the past, historically, it's bad. I mean, you know, for, for the for the listener who can't see us, you're you're sitting here wearing a, a an Aloha shirt for sure, mm -hmm. and looks like a Bodhi shirt underneath that as well. It's a a bar shirt from Puerto Rico <laughs> from Dingy Duck. Yeah, <laughs> one of the best bars. Yeah. So, so you got this kind of vibe. You got this, you know, the vibe. It a, that's sort of the vibe of your space. I only got to go there for the first time just two nights ago. Yeah, on Sunday. Was a great time. Uh, yeah, I call right. it more of a not not tiki but tropical mental attitude. Are you a parrot head? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have not jumped fully into that pool of being a parrot head yet, no. <laughs> well, what did you, you spend your early afternoon doing today? Uh, I was with a punch drink, and we tasted through 11, blind tasted through 11 different tea punches. So you're you're not just dipping your toe in the water. You're, oh. you're immersed. Yes, I'm immersed. I'm full <laughs> in. I do love a good tea punch. Uh, and I'm looking at the table, and I'm seeing tons of rums getting lined up. So we're, I'm, I'm assuming we're going to drink some rum. Oh, we definitely are. Um, but first, let's talk about you. Um, nine years in New York, bartending that whole time. What brought you here? Um, I'm from Santa Cruz, California. Like, I grew up there, Chicago originally, and Santa Cruz is a nice little, perfect little bubble of paradise. It's surf town, chill vibes, got the re uh, redwoods to the back. But you can't live in paradise forever. Chill so vibes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, made the jump to New York, visited here once, and then three months later I was here. Yeah. Uh, a week later I got a job at Hotel Del Mono. And worked there for five years, four years, four and a half years. Yeah. Did you, guys, Jonathan? Yeah, did you guys overlap that whole time? Uh, I actually got my job because Austin broke his leg. Yeah. Yeah. And I took over for him in his uh, shifts as the replacement bartender. And then uh, we worked together <laughs> Sundays. And then when you were healed, they were like, uh, this and dude's kind of better than you. Then, no. <laughs> no we, we brought him back in. We actually worked Sundays together for about two years. Yeah. Yeah. We've been drinking rum together ever since. Yeah. And then Johnny became the bar manager and started putting a bunch of rum behind the bar. Yeah. And then on our shift, they like, couldn't stop me. Like, what's. Right. Once they gave you the title, you're like, all right, here we go. Cool. We're kind I of a rum bar now. Now I do yes. what I want. <laughs> yeah. And then from there, it was just an absolute like addiction to it. And so Paradise was mm -hmm. like a perfect opportunity to share that love of rum. And not just tiki drinks, but island classic drinks that showcase the rum. And. Sure. I mean, were you leaning down that that trail when you were still at Del Mano as John's loading the back bar with rum? Were you like, okay, let's let's start? Yeah. And then I started investigating and visiting a lot of Caribbean islands, and I was like, I love it here. All of them. 
I mean, it's hard to not yeah. Yeah. love a Caribbean island. Yeah. It's not like you're visiting, like, Moscow. Right. But <laughs> now I'm totally into vodka. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, just got kind of addicted to the whole Caribbean and rum and, and the history of it and education of it. Was there a particular drink that spurred this interest or, you know, like, did you say, like, whoa, what is this? Like, even today, you tasted 11 different tea punches. Yeah. Which means that awesome. there are bartenders out there trying to tweak and tinker with the tea punch, which is just a super simple very simple. It's a glass of rum with a squeeze of lime and, and maybe some sugar. Not even a squeeze of lime, just a just some swizzled <laughs> lime oil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, simple is nice, and it allows... I think rum, rum is like the most diverse spirit category. Um, so that's one of those drinks that really kind of you, showcases. You've heard, you've heard of Amaro, right? <laughs> I would say, yeah, no, it's, they're right next to each other. Don't give me a uh, Actually, I say that all the time. I say that rum and Amaro are like the two most complicated... Because there's no governing body over over either one that has a you know a, a uniform description, right? Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, Martinique has their their rule sets, but that's very French, you know. They love their rules. Yeah, but you know, in the whole that's a pocket that, of that's, that's a, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, it's one area of rum. Yeah, um, yeah. So, like, you you killed through a bunch of tea punches today. Was again the question was is there a certain drink that really sort of pulled you into that culture? Um, you know, like people get into whiskey because they love the old fashioned. I mean, the tea punch is one of them. Uh, the Bayesian rum punch for me was the first time I went to Barbados, had it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so simple. And I, through that trip, tasted a bunch of different ones, but simple, easy, showcases the rum, showcases the island, and it was like, cool, this is game over. Right. So does that kind of feed into, like, the aesthetic of what you're trying to do at Paradise Lounge is kind of be like, no, it's... Because, like, tiki, Tiki's about rum, but it's about so much other stuff. It's about, you know kitsch and fun and exotic music, music exactly and, yeah. but it sounds like you're kind of going for something that's a little bit more almost kind of back to basics you know yeah just trying to showcase the spirit for what it is simple but elevated yeah i mean i was telling jonathan before you arrived today that uh i just got to go there the other night and i, I walked in and i instantly felt like relaxed the space seems like worn in even though it's, what are you, a year old at this point? Nine months. Nine months. Yeah. Nine months old, and it's got an atmosphere that seems very, like, comfortable. You know, I even said to him, I think, when I walked in, like, my shoulders relaxed. You know, I was like, okay, this is, here we are. And that's a point. And also, too, like, going back to the tiki thing is, I can't, I love tiki, and I, I tiki drinks I'll have, but I can't drink them every day. I don't want to drink them every day. Uh, a tea punch? Hell yeah, I have that every day. A daiquiri? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, daiquiri's that line crosser I think for all of us right I think that's the for me anyway it's the there are two litmus drinks that you get when you go to a bar right mm-hmm. uh, I get a Negroni mm-hmm. or I get a daiquiri yeah mm-hmm. and if you if you can excel at those two simple seeming drinks then I'm probably in with the rest of your menu yeah like you nailed those two excellent and we have like a six dollar daiquiri every day which is crazy because we use amazing <laughs> which is the first thing I had when I got there because I was like six bucks give me one and we use a nice give rum it's like well, I'm just, I'll get that while I'm thinking about the other drinks <laughs> yeah this is like my appetizer drink think drink um, but yeah that's kind of the point too it's like daiquiri is a perfect drink in my opinion we don't garnish it because a perfect drink doesn't need a garnish and we want to encourage people it's like you might not be familiar with rum or you might not want rum all the time but six bucks daiquiri you can't pass that up Mm-mm. and then you have it and you're like wow this is really good I'll have another one yeah, do you rotate the the type of rum in that six dollar daiquiri, or do you stick with one? Stick with the Diamond Reserve Blanc. Yeah, yeah, the white. It's really good. Yeah. Speaking of blancs, what's on the table here, Jonathan? Uh, well, I had the pleasure of just um, visiting Martinique about a month ago. So uh, Nissan has just come out with a biodynamic um, rum agricole, which is pretty cool. 
seeing as how the rum agricole is just like straight juice distilled. Um, so the biodynamic um, uh, sign really means something because it's straight terroir. Um, and it is there 52.5%. Uh, so about 115 uh, proof. 52 is uh, 100, 104 and change. 104. I'm not a mathematician. <laughs> and also, too, <laughs> a <laughs> <mathematist>. <laughs> yep. You definitely aren't. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, this is really good. It's all um, the two um, sort of rules that they have for their biodynamic is that they have to use only natural fertilizers and that um, everything has to be organically farmed. So, all hand farming. So, what would be um, usually I guess for an acre to produce would be about 40 man hours. Um, each acre of biodynamic rum is 600 man hours. Wow. So a lot wow. less. That's, yeah. a, that's a lot. Yeah. So a lot less, also a lot less produ uh, product coming out. So I think this was, uh, they started out with the 66% in 2017 and um, they put out 5,000 bottles. And then this is the 2018. So this was 7,000 bottles. And actually, at the the tea punch tasting, was talking with Kate Perry about uh, Nissan, and, the, and they hope in the next five years to have the the whole place, the yeah. entire estate, biodynamic farm, yeah, produced. And I feel like that's a trend that's pretty heavy in in both rum and tequila, right? I feel like those rum, two. Tequila. I feel like those two uh, sectors are really trying to be more um, environmentally friendly and forward and transparent about all that stuff. Yeah, and I think these guys in Nissan are taking a lot of um, they're they're as they are French. Uh, looking towards France and the way that they're producing a lot of biodynamic wine and respecting the earth and the terroir and the product. They're also the only, coming from there. only family-owned distillery on the, the last one, yeah. 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 The, uh, the granddaughter owns it now, and it's her and her sons who run and produce it all. Yeah, that's pretty amazing, too, yeah. that these things stay in the families like that. But I think it's, you know, it's, it seems pretty natural too right it's a, it's a tiny mm -hmm. island and you started this business you shouldn't hang on to it in your family and it's a beautiful island so let's do this the correct way so we don't destroy our you know natural beauty etc exactly well let's uh, drink some yeah cheers guys cheers cheers, cheers. So, or like, sante as it was said yeah yeah mm -hmm. so the nose is very like bready mm -hmm. like mm, baked bread look at dirt dirt <laughs> <laughs> Love that, like, eight seconds of silence while we all sip on <laughs> rum. <clears throat> while the whole room smacks on rum. Ooh, and it's warm, too. It's very yeah. warm. It's heating yeah. up yeah. my chest. Ooh. Yeah, man. But it gets bright. It brightens up from the, from the nose. Yeah. Super grassy citrus. Man, really grassy. Yeah. Oh, man, this is delicious. It's taking uh, me back to the land of the living. 7,000, right did you say bottles? 7,000 bottles in 2018. And, yeah. and you got one of them right I here. I got one of them. Wow. Thanks for bringing it and sharing it with us. Oh, you're welcome. I'll get a photo of it. Glad to. Instagram. Rum is for sharing. Rum is for sharing. Um, what? Uh, uh, so, Jonathan, you were over at Hotel Del Mano for mm -hmm. six years, you told me, as the head bartender, so I assume mm -hmm. you were there for even longer yep. uh, before you moved up that ladder. Um, but now you're over at the Narrows, which is a, a, a cool bar in... Is it Bushwick or is it still Wayne? Uh, three it's, blocks away. It's, it's Bushwick, Bushwick, yeah. It's yeah. right around the corner. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been there many times. I, I love that spot. Um, it has been a while, though. Uh, Ryan Dolliver, is he still over there sometimes? Yeah. 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 Nice. Ryan's over there, I believe, Saturday afternoons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great little sort of neighborhoody spot. Yeah, great spot to go. And it's now that it's spring out, they have that nice little backyard. Yeah. Go back there and enjoy some frozen margaritas, frozen yeah. Negronis. 
Yeah, as long as nobody calls the SLA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just happened years ago. It's library quiet back yeah. there. Yeah. It's, it's library quiet. Um, well, uh, Austin, what do you got? Uh, what's coming up next at, hotel, uh, at uh, Paradise Lounge? What's, uh, what's the summer look like? What's the summer looking like? Um, just a bunch of good events, party vibes, and good times. We just recently changed up uh, our kind of our food program. That's been absolutely awesome. We kind of switched gears and food to more fit the vibe. So it's like tacos, quesadillas, Mexican-inspired like fair, like bar fair, burgers, and chicken fingers. And it's. I mean, I don't, your kitchen's pretty open and visible. I was shocked to see that it was so large. Yeah, it's pumping out a lot of food. Pumping out a lot of food. That's great. Yeah. And it's also nice too because we're now on like the Grubhub and the Caviar and stuff, so we've nice the Grubhub, the Grubhub, <laughs> and the Seamless yes. and the Caviar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's been a really good response to the new food, and we just like to see people keep ordering tacos at the bar every day and drinking rum. And I mean, uh, the neighborhood you're in is just barely across the line into Queens. So you're yeah, about three blocks, three blocks away from into Queens, three blocks away from Brooklyn. Yeah. And and I again, it was my first time there on Sunday. But that that neighborhood seems a little bit underserved. Are you filling the niche over there? Yeah, there's been I would say over the past several years, like a few years, um, more bars popping up, but different. It's not like the same thing. Kind of being cookie cutter around. Everyone's kind of got their their call, their vibe, and we're all friends. So it's all friends opening up bars over there, and it's high tides rise all boats kind of thing. I think that's what that the appeal time. is. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. I, I live over there, and there's just so much, you know. Like, like you said, it's it's a little bit underserved. So whenever like something new pops up, it just becomes part of this cool organic community that just kind yeah. of feels like it's, you know, if if a niche exists, if it's like you know, man, I really wish this neighborhood had had a rum bar. All of a sudden, bam, there yeah. you go, mm-hmm. rum bar and tacos and quesadillas, and then down the street is Aunt Jenny's, and you know, rock and roll and amazing food as well, but different. Yeah. So it's. And Evil Twinsbury is right around there, right? Didn't they open up somewhere around there recently? Yeah, it's like a 10 minute walk, a little like due east south. That's a nice south little yeah. Sunday fun day day off right there. Yeah, right? And, the, and the more time there's like the more spots that pop up, there's more of a, a demand to kind of bounce around and, and see the area instead of like, I'm going to go to that one spot, have a couple, and then have to lug back. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, people going out to dinner, go. Someplace and have dinner. People going out for drinks, go someplace and have a drink, go someplace else and have a drink, mm-hmm. go someplace else. I want to see here, I want to see here, I want to see yeah, there. I want to see what's going on in all the spots at one time. That's the, you know, that's the 100% reason that the East Village is so strong and popular in that regard and, and why my bar does so well. I mean, just your, com- your compound alone, it's like, <laughs> I'm going to go here, 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 here. Right, in, in one building. And we- <laughs> you can lay down and just roll to my yeah. last location. Yeah. It's not yeah. far. And hot damn, have I done it before? Oh, have we, haven't, <laughs> haven't we all? Um, all right, that's a good spot to take a break. Let's take a break and hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back with uh, Austin Hartman from Paradise Lounge in Ridgewood, Queens. Today's program was brought to you by Emmy Cheese, specialty cheese from Switzerland made with heart and passion. Since the early 1900s, Emmy has been a passionate supporter of farmers, cheesemakers, and family tradition. They believe in sustainable agriculture and respect for the people, land, and animals that make their business possible. Remaining dedicated to tradition, they strive to lead the industry in innovation, ensuring they bring you only the highest quality, best tasting cheese from Switzerland. Emmy is best known for importing more than 80% of Swiss Gruyere into the United States. But that's not to overshadow their other specialty cheeses, including Cockbalt Cave Age cheeses, Appenzeller, 
Tete de Moin, and traditional Emmentaler. For more information, visit meusa.com. Are you enjoying this podcast? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. My name is Diane Stemple. And I'm Elena Santigade, and we're the hosts of Cutting the Curd here on Heritage Radio Network. Featuring interviews with makers and mongers and everybody in between, this show is a downright funky look at the world of artisan cheese. You can find Cutting the Curd wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. And we are back on the Speakeasy, uh, hanging out with a bunch of dudes and a bunch of rum <laughs> on this glorious spring day in beautiful downtown Bushwick, Brooklyn. Um, so yeah, uh, back in the studio with Austin Hartman of Paradise Lounge. We got uh, Jonathan here from the Narrows, Greg Benson from Rochard, uh, and Barnon Podcast. Just all hanging out. We're drinking some rum today. What else have you brought for us? We already had the Neeson Bio. Uh, which was outstanding. What's, what, what you got on the table? Uh, what we got on the table now is the uh, Reserve Cask Rum Jam from Lost Lake that they just recently uh, got in and, and put out. They're selling at the bar uh, a week ago and a day. I was over there in Chicago for my birthday and the Cubs game. A week and a day. Happy birthday. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, but last Tuesday, Jane and I did a Strangers in Paradise uh Strangers from Paradise, a little pop-up in Lost Lake. And Paul was a... You and Jane Danger? Yeah. Friend to the show, friend of mine. She's awesome. I think she's pretty radical. (laughs) 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 And uh, Paul was so nice to gift us each a bottle of their their new uh, cast reserve and their plantation bottle. But I thought the jam was super exciting. And since we're on an agricole kick today, let's keep that rolling. Agricole rolling. All right, I'm going to pour a little for myself and just pass the bottle this time. Mm. Talk to me about it while you're pouring it. Yeah, this one is 47.3%. So, again, it's going to be a little hot. Mm-hmm. It's an aged uh, agricole. Um, and I, yeah. Bottling date 2018, aged since 2015. So, we got three years on it. Nice. Damn. And they're bottling it just for Lost Lake. It's got a Lost Lake sticker on there, I see it. Yep, they got the barrel. They got the barrel that they wanted. And that's outstanding. What is it? What? What? What drives rums to be overproof all the time? Not all the time, obviously, but like it's very common. Not it's more common in rums than I think in any other spirit. I think it's also especially common in agricole rum mm-hmm. because of there's there's so many rules to agricole. So it's um, like the AOC of Martinique really kind of dictates how it's made. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those spirits where if you look at it, the same rum like JM from fifty five to fifty to the U.S. import of forty. You can taste a vast difference in flavor. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, for sure. From the same distillate, from the same distillery, but proof is like the power is proof. Uh, there's proof in the power, proof in the pudding. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it also has everything to do with tax uh, tax ounces, right? Tax gallons, right? For um, U.S. import, for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. You can, you know, it's also it's effectively then it's up to the drinker, right, to add more water and make that rum last longer. Or just enjoy it how it, it's supposed to be. Um, like mostly on Martinique too. Like fifty, fifty-five is. Yeah, they're all about the fifty-five. Yeah, I mean forty doesn't even exist in Martinique. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah there's like, pff, what is this? Right, super. It boring. comes off the still. I believe it's seventy at most of the distilleries. Mm-hmm. Right, and then proof down with water. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of this one, Jonathan? Have you had it yet? Mm-mm. Get in there. Ooh. Ooh, Ooh, that's, that's delicious. 
Good, jo- good job, Paul. A lot more. It's got a lot more. A lot less uh, vanilla than I was expecting. It's a good barrel. They, they, they're still using all the charred barrels on this one. JM mm-hmm. chars all their barrels, which gives it a little bit more of a... Keeps it dry, which I like. Um, it's interesting. The, the char kind of combines with the natural earthiness. It almost has... Yeah. Like, at first, I was, I was tasting them like, is that peat? No, it's not peat. But it does mm-hmm. have a little bit of that kind of like funky, slight smoke to grass. it. grass. Exactly. Char. Yeah. Love stuff that tastes like dirt, man. I love it. I love dirt. Yeah. <laughs> Mm, dirt's what's holding this studio together. <laughs> um, yeah, man, it's really good. It's uh, uh, not nearly as, you know, the, the, the term Ogo, right? I don't find mm-hmm. it nearly, nearly as Ogo as the first one we just had, the Nielsen Bio. Um, but it's got some, and that funk is like, I don't know, it's like... Matured s- funk. Soured caramel. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Right? I don't know. And they're yeah, all that is ba- like they're crazy, fruity, banana-y, but it's like, yeah, like a more, a more matured, a more regal funk to it. Yeah. It's got a little regal, regal funk. funk. Regal Ooh. funk. Yeah. Don't write that down. That's the name <laughs> of your new cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> Made with this delicious jam. Just make sure I get my royalties. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're all coming. They're in the mail. Okay, good. Um, so, uh, uh, nine months in, your Correct. first bar venture. Yep. And how do you feel? Feels good. I mean, you it's feeling invigorated. You feeling defeated? No, actually, like every day I walk in, I, I walk in, I unlock the door by myself, and I say like, "Hello, bar, I love you." It's, aw, yeah, no, it's great, endearing. Yeah, I mean, because I was, I'm a partner of what was the the Trail House, Montana's Trail. Yeah, House, and right? that was a, a fun four and a half years, uh, a lot of good memories. But that was also, you know, a full restaurant, and there's a lot of pieces, and that was more stressful. This is, I walk in, and I'm just like, I love you. It's great. I'm sure you did the same thing with Amora, but walk. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> that fucking well, thing tries to kill me every day. That's love, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's definitely owning a bar. There's always the struggles that are going to happen. You know, unpredictability. There's all the things. But as long as you're still happy in the space and still love what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How far away do you live from the bar? Um, do you have some space? Uh, five blocks. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, no. No space. No. And, uh, my so that means you're literally there, and I know this because I used to live, until, well, until just literally a couple months ago, I've lived only eight blocks from Amori Margo. Yeah. Which means that I was literally there every single day, at least for one minute. Yeah. So you're there every day. Oh, yeah, every day. Just popping in. I mean, and I love it, though. You know, popping in, get to... Oh, that'll go away. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun for now, and I love it. And yeah, you walk in, it's like, cool. There's a shark behind the bar. There's these little things that I forgot about, or I saw this, or I'm gonna do this little project. And like, it's still fun. It is, uh, and, and I'm surrounded by rum. Uh, yeah, and of course, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm just taking the piss. It's it is fun, and I do love going to my little bar too. And I notice every single tiny thing in there, um, and I'm sure you will as well. Uh, or when something's off to you, you're like, mm, that's not supposed to be there. Yeah. No, I can look, I can be like, who moved <laughs> Who that? moved it? Who moved that two, moved two <laughs> inches Jeez. to the left? Yeah, who moved the cheese? <laughs> um, so you're still like in that, you know, romantic honeymoon period, but you've had a, a couple of issues. Do you want to talk about the backyard? I was alluding to it earlier. Mm-mm. No. Okay. No. <laughs> you don't want to talk about, to talk about the backyard. Okay, There's good. no backyard. And, um, but, but we, you know, we can at least say that the decibel level is quiet as a library. Mm-hmm. Quiet as a library. Yeah, we've got documented proof. Off the record, on the record. <laughs> well, let me. I, I kind of want to ask about where you think the future of rum is going because I think you're you're kind you've mm. been sort of teasing this a little bit in that you know and I, I mean we all know that it's a category with vast breadth and width and just so many different things 
And it sounds like with what you're doing to kind of go beyond Tiki is, you know, strip it down, make it simple. Like, where do you do you see this as a category that could be on the level of like, you know, whiskey or, or one of those things that people like really, really, really dig into? I think it's going to go beyond whiskey. Oh, I mean, <laughs> ooh, that's bold. Uh, I mean, I think it's thrown. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, whiskey's great. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but it's the most diverse category. There's Honeybee, American Whiskey and Beer Bar, coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a room for everybody. It's it's so diverse. Just like Did you say room or room? Uh, there's a room for everyone, and there's a room for everyone. There we go. Um, no, it's it's as diverse as we were talking about earlier, Amaro. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. Amaro and rum are just wildly infinite. There's obviously going to be bad Amaros, and there's going to be bad rums. But then there's going to be some amazing, But even amazing those can rooms. be used as tools in teaching exemplars. Exactly. Yep. Like, hey, this is... Example A to let's go to Z, which is up here. Sure. Nothing teaches like failure, man. Yeah. And also, too, just I, it was, I would say over the past three years, I've seen a huge upturn in, in people's interest in it alone or willingness to try it and like put their toe in the pool. And now I have regulars and customers that are just jumping in. And there's like, what do you think the hurdle is? Why do you think people are hesitant to try rums? It's, it's got to be the largest category. Um, that time in college, they drank too much Bacardi, which is yeah. garbage, and they got sick, and they're like, oh, I can't drink rum. Yeah. I, I feel like it's the same story with tequila, right? That time in college, I drank too much Cuervo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everybody says, I have a problem with tequila. Meanwhile, year, year in and year out, the number one selling drink in, in the country is the margarita. And yeah, and sadly <laughs> Bacardi. And- yeah, that's why I think it's awesome you guys have a $6 daiquiri over at Paradise, because uh, when I was there shortly behind the stick, um, that, that was a sort of game changer for a lot of people that walked in and said that they were like, they're like, oh, rum, I don't know if I'm going to drink too much rum, let me figure out what I'm going to drink. And I'm like, why don't you have a $6 daiquiri while you're waiting? And then they were like, oh, this daiquiri is really good. This is a great drink. I'll have another one of these. Right, or, that- or maybe this will encourage me to try the next drink yeah, on the menu. Totally. Right? Like, what rum was this? Is this rum in another drink that I could make a trail out of? Yeah. Yeah, and it's fun, too. because so breaking the, the price barrier allows people to have a little bit more comfort level. To yeah, and then before them. you know it, they're, like, up here trying through the, you know, rum jam VO. And they're like, wow, this is great. I love it neat. And then they're buying $50 tiki cocktails at Polynesian. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's like, again, high tide rides all boats. Yeah, totally. It's like now I'm just a huge rum head, and it's like everybody wins. Yeah. Agreed. You know, Brian's crushing it up there. And that yeah. place yeah. is It's amazing. That place is awesome. fucking Disneyland. It's mm-hmm. so over the top, but it's gorgeous, and I have a great time every time I go there, as far as I remember. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I, I, I love, I do love tiki, but I think for where, Ridge, like, where Ridgewood is now, it's not a tiki spot. It's... Mm-mm. Let's give you something for everybody. Focus on rum. Good vibes around. Like you said, shoulders relax, party. Yeah. But get you into it. Like, we're going to do everything we can to be like, oh, cool. Try this rum or try this drink. Try this special. Yeah. And that's... Then education starts at the basics. Yeah. I mean, you guys yeah. have a, I always um, say there's no better place to get an education than at a bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? You can learn a lot of things at a bar. You can yeah. learn etiquette. <laughs> you can get some <laughs> you get some manners taught to you at yeah. a bar. <laughs> Very quickly. Especially in New York. Uh, yeah. You can uh, you can learn about a spirit. You can learn about a drink. You can learn about music. Like, you can learn about the neighborhood. Right. Like, so if you're a concierge to that notion, then then you're doing the right thing by educating people about your your product and your passion. Yeah. And even uh, the other week, someone came in and she was like, I know you guys are like a rum bar, but I don't. I don't want to drink rums. Like, what do you want to drink? We have anything you want to drink here, and it's, you don't need to feel guilty about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, if I have it, I mean to sell it. Yeah, right. right. Um, it's it's on my shelf. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's here to sell. Yeah, like we have a lot of natural wines, and 
Uh, yeah, I did notice that. You had like a, a, a the front line on your back bar was all wines. Yeah. And I was like, that's curious. Uh, why, 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 why is that right in the front? You want people to be like, they instantly feel comfortable that we have a glass of wine? Yeah. Also, natu- like good natural wine is delicious. If I'm not drinking <laughs> rum, I'm going to have a delicious like, you know, sparkling orange or a, you know, a pet net and some sherry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, and I think, I think the thing about rum, though, is you've got something for everybody. In fact, this one is changing as it sits here. Uh, mm-hmm. When I nosed it again while you were talking, uh, I'm like, this is starting to head head down that cognac avenue, mm-hmm. right? Sort of like fine brandy. A little spicy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the nose for sure. Um, well, those boys over in the corner said they had some junk for us to drink. Oh, oh yeah. What you oh. got? We're just going to make this show a, a tasting episode. Yeah, the tasting room. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm not feeling. I'm not feeling local well, Amaro. Amaro. Yeah. You both Wait, brought Amaros. Right yeah. These guys know the way to my heart. Yeah. <laughs> Get this rum out of here. Well played. <laughs> I'll have yours. Uh, no, I'm actually. I love rum. I quite enjoy it. I find it intimidating. Uh, and I got a lot. By the way, I got a lot of shit in my book uh, about the rum section. Really? Uh, yeah. Because uh, I start off the section with a quote from me that's something like. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum, but only one bottle because I don't have enough space in this book to talk about <laughs> rum. Right. And like people yeah. are like hitting me. They're like, "Why isn't there more rum in your book?" Why? Hey, fuck! You write your own fucking book. Yeah, <laughs> it's not fucking easy. I did it on my iPhone. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, okay, who's up first? Let's mic that guy up. I'm popping. I'm popping this one because yeah, the cork's that. almost already out. It's calling to me. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Amaro Pazzo. What's this guy? Yeah, come on in here. Yeah, squeeze in. Um, so this is from Long Road Distillery in Grand Rapids, Michigan, um, in a collaboration with Madcap Coffee, a Ooh. coffee roaster. They have like four shops in Grand Rapids. Um, they sell beans across the country. They have their shops selling their coffee here. Um, so collaboration between them. So Long Road does like locally sourced grains. This one is um, red winter wheat from southwest Michigan. Um, I'm going to, I don't work for them so i'm gonna mess up the uh the, the distillates in there but um so amaro base and then blended with a like single origin ethiopian coffee from madcap um it's like 28.5 percent i think so like a little bit lower proof easy drinking um it's got caffeine which is fun uh caffeine and alcohol exactly perfect just what i needed today yeah so it's just oh, cool man. collaborative um, Speaking of dirt, this is dirty. Yeah, yeah. It's got that. Yeah, that kind of looks unfiltered dirt. too. Let's, let's call it the dirt episode. Yeah. They have like a. There's a disclaimer on there. You'll see like there's you know stuff that settles out in there. There, like just stir it up and enjoy it. Yeah, Caution give, contains dirt. <laughs> yeah, give it a shake. You'll be fine. Uh, wow, it smells amazing. Mmm, and very ooh, ooh toasty. Yeah. What are you getting, Greg? Kind of like a yeah, like a. a I don't know. I like my toast slightly burnt, like just like a little bit of that like uh-huh. blackness on top. That's what I'm getting off of that. Like Mild a little carbon bit of is not a spice. <laughs> first thing they, that's the first Speak thing they yourself. taught me in culinary school. <laughs> but yeah, it has that. Um, yeah, re- like a really nice rye bread that like was in the toaster like just a second or two too long, <laughs> but it works. Kind of a little floral back too. What encouraged you to bring this one to me? Just because it's local to where you're at up there. Yeah, so they just released this um, earlier this spring, um, and they're, I mean, I'm friends with those guys. Um, they've always been, like, helpful with events that I've bartended, and uh, we've poured a bunch of this since they started um, selling it. And it's brand new, and I've been really enjoying it. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, I tasty. figured coming to you guys, this was kind of a 
softball pitch to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Soft, softball me with, with Amaro's. Uh, do, do you happen to know if this is available in New York uh, or if it, it will be? It's not yet. Um, they're so they're there. working on distribution, and this is kind of one that I know they're thinking, like, this might be the one that really kind of gets them out um, into the kind of more national scene. They've... Um, They've made an Aquavit that's made kind of a national splash. It's in like all those like liquor.com articles that we all get on our Facebook feed and all that. Right. Um, and they have a gin that they make that's all um, like foraged uh, Michigan. Like they go to Beaver Island and Lake Michigan and forage all the botanicals for their gin. Wow. And that's made a splash. But this is the one that I think they're trying to really um, kind of push out into the national market. Either so, flagship yeah. national market. Um, you know, uh, if they're listening, hopefully uh, they can maybe seek out LibDib. LibDib. Uh, yeah, I heard you talking about that a yeah, couple weeks if ago. If they can get on LibDib, we can get yeah. some of their stuff uh, anywhere in the country uh, that LibDib is. And um, and I'll, I'll make sure I tag them in the Speakeasy Podcast uh, Instagram so that we, we can see if anybody sees it. For sure. Thank you. you. waving at uh, Blake. Blake can come in, too. Uh, cool, man. Thanks for bringing it. Thanks for sharing. Uh, thanks for listening to the show and being such a fan that you wanted to come all the way out to Roberta's yeah. and, and hang out with us. Nothing else to do on a Wednesday in New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, New York's such a boring town. Yeah. Nothing going There's on. nothing going on. It's two-horse town. Nothing ever happens here. <laughs> right? Two keys and a heater. <laughs> um, all right. Next up, what do you got over there? Trade. Yeah, switch out. Let's drink some tomorrow, and then we'll come back to rum. And we'll see if Blake Walker wants to come in here, too. What's going on? What do you got for me? Yeah, so this is from, uh, it's an Amaro from uh, Philadelphia Distillery, which is oh, uh, about a block from my house, which is it's a super gorgeous dangerous. bottle. Yeah, super, super dangerous. But uh, <laughs> it's got a California plum, um, like elderberry, uh, rose. Um, the interesting thing about this one is they actually macerate it with um, uh, oak, like oak chips or oak cubes as a botanical, which is really interesting. Hmm. Um, Takes the place of vermouth, I feel like, in cocktails really well. Um, done like a black Manhattan or a Negroni with it. It's pretty good. It smells like pumpernickel. Yeah. It smells like a pumpernickel oh, yeah. bagel. More bread. This really is the bread and dirt episode. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe we're hungry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't eaten today. That could be it. I mean, this is, you know, you got the thinking person's food right here in your glass. That's right. Uh, and you said you, uh, you do some home brewing as well, right? You've been doing it for a long time. I do, yeah. Um, been doing it about, for about 14 years. Holy cow. Um, yeah, mostly... Uh, time to make like this hobby into a business, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, TBD. But um, <laughs> looking at um, getting into home distilling now, um, and maybe make that into a business. Home we'll distilling? Is yeah. that legal? <laughs> <laughs> Answer is no. <laughs> Answer is an obvious no. Yeah. Uh, that's all right. I do a bunch yeah. of illegal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I often get... Uh, um, uh, when people bring up things about illegality, I just stop them. And I go, hey, do you drive? And when they say yes, I go, do you speed? And they say yes. And I go, well, then we both do illegal stuff. There we go. <laughs> Mo- moving on. <laughs> now we've cleared that air. We can move on. Um, well, cool, man. This is delicious as well. Thanks for bringing it to yeah, us. Thanks for having me. Like, I'll ask the same question. Maybe you don't know. Is this, uh, is this have any national availability? or? Yeah, so they, this is the same distillery that does uh, like Blue Coat, Blue Coat uh, Gin and uh, Vucre um, Absinthe. So yeah. they distribute definitely in, in uh, New York. I'm not sure if this has made it up yet, but their other products are here. Right on. Yep. We're adding to the mix here uh, two guests walking in the door right now. Hey, guys. A friend to the show, Kate Perry, and bartender to Maury Margo, Blake Walker. Hey, guys. Welcome. What have you guys been up to? Drinking tea punch all day? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you got that like tea punch glow. <laughs> yeah. The, be- the best glow possible. What are you guys doing? Uh, you know, nothing. Just doing a live radio broadcast and talking about Roman tomorrow. Working hard. 
working hard at hardly working. Um, yeah, this stuff is delicious, man. Thank you so much for for bringing it to me. Yeah, yeah. super strong like fall spice component. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got this like it starts off like pumpernickel, which is savory, but then then it kind of shifts to like. Pumpkin pie. Yeah. Pumpernickel mm-hmm. cake. No, I got I got this super strong sense memory when I smelled it. I was like, oh, that's that's grandma's pumpkin bread. Like, yep. that's what that yeah. is. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <sighs> wow. Oh, man, that is delightful. Mm. Uh, yeah. Austin, talk to me more about uh, you. Oh, all right. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's favorite it's your episode. It's your episode. Uh, I just invited a shitload of other people to come join us. Yeah, this is awesome. It's a, a room full of buds. Um, yeah, I mean, Paradise this summer, we're going to be doing like a lot of events and things. And uh, Like what? Uh, I mean, this Saturday is a... So this week is Painkiller Week. Oh. Is, that a, Whoa. is that a national thing? or I don't know. I think they just make it up when they want to. Yeah. But we're going we're gonna to roll with the punches. And this Saturday, we're going to be having a... Uh, punches. I get it. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, yeah, I think the, the Saturday from 7 to 10, we're going to be doing a big event with Pussers, doing a classic painkiller. Um, what do you... Uh, I mean, this is an old controversy, but since you brought up the painkiller and Pussers... Yeah, let's talk about that. Do you think that they sort of shit the bed on, on that... Getting angry with with the bar. Getting angry with the bar. Do you remember uh, Pusser's? Uh, they had a big issue with Painkiller. The bar made them change their name to PKNY. Oh yeah. Um. I mean, I get obviously. I see the 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 the, the right to uh, protect your trademark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, when something of yours becomes something of the you know the canon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like, I mean, if- like we we sort of refer to all. Facial tissues as Kleenex, though they are not all Kleenex. Correct. Right. right? Band aids are not. Uh, correct. Q tips. Uh, huh. Well, I think. I mean, there's like the Dark and Stormy that has the trademark on it. So if a bar sure. were to call itself Dark and Stormy, Goslings would come after them, no doubt. I'm not sure if there was a trademark on Painkiller. There was. Yeah. Oh, for cool. Sure. So then yeah, go after it. Yeah. PKNY. It's but the law. But don't you think? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and it's uh, it's um. And I'm not arguing really for either side. I think it's just a fascinating story. Um, you know, there's uh, there's letter of the law versus uh, a spirit of the law, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Because if and, and this is a thing that we had to go through at Amori Margo actually when we first opened, because we did the keg cocktails and we got busted by the SLA mm-hmm. for doing it, and then once we proved to them that whatever we had to prove to them, now anyone can do it, and that's yeah. all, that's all because of us. We spent a lot of money to do that, but the letter of yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> the letter of the law and the spirit of the law uh, in in New York State, in fact, dictate that you literally can't make cocktails. Right, mm-hmm. you can't take anything from the bottle mm-hmm. and put it in a secondary vessel prior to it going in the serving vessel. Meaning, your cocktail shaker, that can't be done. Right. Your stirring right? glass. But yeah. the but the you know the people who enforce those laws come around mm-hmm. and say, well, the spirit of the law says, of course, we can make drinks. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So I would think that uh, as a company, they would be like, oh yeah, these guys are doing it right and they're making it well and they're using this. Well, name. Let's work with them and they can just pump out painkillers. Correct. Yeah. Promoting yeah. I'd, I'd be like, oh, yeah. you, we just made. Or we Case can drops. shake the beehive and anger a whole bunch of New York community. City, you know, craft cocktail bartenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and kind of did. and kind of alienate their, themselves for a period of time, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty booby move. I feel to like do. it's come. <laughs> you can swear on well, this show. Well, let, oh. me, let me ask you this. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, if you if someone came along and they knew what they were doing and they opened up a bar and they called it Sharpie Mustache, what would your reaction be? I'd be, this is fucking awesome. Do you need the recipe? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know, me too. It's like, I would be, if someone named a bar after a drink that I came up with, which will never happen, I would be fucking thrilled. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it, uh, and you know, it's not for us to argue. It got argued in court and they won, of course. 
uh, handily, I'm sure. It's an mm-hmm. obvious infraction of, of that. But at the same time, I also feel like it's just a word. My dad takes pills that are generic that literally are called painkiller. Like, yeah. can they go after them yeah. too? Like, it's a word. <laughs> like, yeah. might be working on it. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's all right. Now I can swear it's a shitty move. And, uh, but it's still a, a it's good rum. It's not as you did it before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty cute. And it's still a good cocktail. But, uh, yeah, semantics and, and the law like that are suck. And I can get into that, especially involving a large rum corporation that starts with a B. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who could that be? Regarding trademarks know. in the U.S., mm-hmm. regarding another rum. But, yeah. Right, yeah. That's a pretty, like, <laughs> underhanded and somewhat shitty move, too, right? Uh, yeah. It's a little overhanded. All right, well, I'm underhanded. Talk I'll <laughs> yeah. talk about it on my own on another show. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I'll get right into it. I don't give a fuck. Oh, we can come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> come at me, B. Yeah, plantation. <laughs> yeah, or just Bacardi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Bacardi. Yeah, uh, and Havana Club and the whole screwing over of that system. Yeah, um, but I don't know law, enough about it. I'd like to know more. I mean, U.S. law will always benefit that company beyond anything else because they yeah. gain a lot from them, profit wise. In the U.S. Yeah. Well, money talks, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. We see it happen every day. Um, so anyway, let's get back. Uh, Painkiller Week. Painkiller Week this Saturday, 7 to 10. Um, and then just throughout the summer, we'll be throwing a lot of fun parties with various rum companies. Various delicious rum companies. with Kate over there. Yeah, Kate Berry's here from uh, House of Claren. Get some Hampton mm. and Claren in there and yeah, have a big party. Good. Yeah, let's and then also, it. too, uh, we, we always try to, like, to find ways to do classes and educational stuff before we open. Right. Uh, are you still doing your uh, rums? What's, I'm sorry, the Rum Society? No, Cane rum, Club. Cane Club, yeah. Yeah, Cane Club. Yeah, we're doing it. Uh, obviously, we're kind of a little tied up now. I opened a bar. Shannon just came out with a book. And yeah, she was on the show. Shannon Musfer is part of your Cane Club as well as uh, yeah, Danny, right? Yeah, and Danny, Shannon, and I. And uh, we still are planning courses and, and curriculum, but she's on tour and my hands are a little tied and Danny's also traveling. She's in Hawaii right now, so... Must be rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, rum life. I, I, I get it, right? I get it. If you're going to go into a spirits business, you may as well go into one that like all of the locales are tropical and beautiful, yep. right? I think Kate will agree, too. That's why people go so much aquavit. Like I, you know, I, I went and hung out in Cognac, France. It was literally just rolling hills of vines. I'm like, okay, great. Which is beautiful. That's fine. Well, it's not, not there, Cognac. There was no beach. Correct. <laughs> there was no beach. There were no swaying palm trees. Actually, there were palm trees. Uh, <laughs> on the Royer property, they, they planted palm trees all the way down there like two mile uh, driveway that's lovely so you're sighted by palm trees for this two mile winding road because <laughs> they had <laughs> and then back to the vines like back then they had the, the money and you know they were horticulturists so they're like yeah these trees will survive here yeah we can make this work yeah uh, alright uh, how do people get in touch with you how can we find you on oh, right. social media etc yeah for Paradise uh, the on Instagram it's uh, Paradise Lounge NYC um do you want my personal stuff? I mean, do, do you want to give that out? Yeah, cool. Know. My personal one is uh, at Party Fartman. <laughs> Which I coined. <laughs> Party yes. Fartman. Uh, and then uh, Cane Club is at Cane Club Co. Uh, and, and anyone can join the Cane Club uh, everyone's initiative, in, right? Everyone's in the Cane Club. Yeah, well, you're just you're automatically welcome, a member. Yeah. You're you're, you're, all, you're all, if you're listening, you're in. If you've mm-hmm. heard of it, you're in it. Uh, yeah, and then you'll see updates, too, for like uh, classes that we're going to put on. Um, various locations we try to do. All different bars, like rum bars or just bars across Brooklyn and Manhattan. And uh, it's open to everyone, but it's kind of focusing on advanced topics or like uh, niche topics within rum. Yeah. Just kind of developing the language and the uh, education of how we talk about cane spirits. Outstanding. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, where can you be reached? 
Uh, I can be reached um, on Instagram, I guess, at Cobra Commander, two Ks. Um, and then also I'm behind the stick over at the Narrows every Thursday and Friday night. Um, so, yeah. Man of leisure. Two yeah. day a week job. Well, I, I, I work other things, but that's where I'm behind the bar. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. We're all working right now. Yeah. yeah. Never not working. Never, Never not working. Well, guys, it's been great having you all in the studio. Thanks again to our fans for coming in from uh, from far away and bringing us delicious things to drink. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you. For, thanks for playing co-host uh, with me today again, Greg. Uh, Always. That's it for this week's episode of The Speakeasy. Uh, uh, love to see you guys next week. Uh, tune in. We'll we'll talk again. Cheers, guys. Cheers. 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 So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music is going to save your soul. Want more of The Speakeasy? Follow us and ask questions on Instagram at Speakeasy Podcast or on Twitter at Speakeasy Radio. You can find Damon at Damon Bolte, and you can find me at Creative Drunk on all platforms. Take a moment to write us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite platform and give us a star rating, five if possible. If you're visiting New York City or a resident, stop by the studio and hang out with us during an episode. Reach out beforehand to make sure we'll be here. We'd love to see you. And please support our show by visiting HeritageRadioNetwork.org and clicking on the beating heart to donate. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.